0: Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com. All right, so we're reading from Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens, through the the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, all the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the path of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I think we could be done there, but we're not. So go ahead and take a seat. It's just such a beautiful psalm. All right, let me pray for us. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Um, Can't thank you for the sunshine, but we thank you for the gray. (laughs) We thank you for waking us up this morning and the breath in our lungs. We thank you for each person here. We love you. We want you to be honored with our praise and our our time in your word. May you be glorified. Amen. So, today is our last Sunday in the Psalms. This summer, we have been able to look closely at the Psalms. And hopefully, you, like me, have been able to glean some new insights. I especially have enjoyed Jimmy's sermons, A Man Can Preach. And it has just been a time of journeying together with these truths being drawn out and brought into the forefront of, hopefully, our minds. And it just shows, again, how important and how relevant this book is for us. So a couple weeks ago, I preached on Psalm 13. If you're unfamiliar with that psalm, it's the one that begins with, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And that's just verse one. And as the psalm continues, it asks more questions, talks of enemies and foes, and ends with an acknowledgement of truth, of trust, and singing the Lord's praises. Last week, I preached the same text at Garden City Covenant Church, I considered the congregation it was a predominantly asian american congregation awesome pastor jay kantanas there i considered who was there paid attention to what the lord put on my heart realizing that when you read a psalm like that and look at your congregation that oftentimes there there could be going things going on that are relevant to them that are relevant to the word and even some of the pain that is talked about as we know a lot of uh, what went on with the um, asian american community in the last few years the xenophobia so really tried to tailor that particular sermon to the congregation and um, God God was so good. At the beginning of last week when I was thinking on the psalm or the theme I wanted to preach on today, the idea of praise quickly came to mind. There are so many psalms that speak of praise, Psalm eight being one of many. And in that moment, praise seemed right. And I say at that moment because as the week progressed, I started feeling a little bit different about praise, like, oh, this week has gotten a little bit harder. (laughs) Am I ready to talk about praise? Am I there? But as I was at lunch with a group of friends, one of them's here today, I shared my current reality. I was about to preach, preach on praise, and I wasn't exactly feeling that topic. Not that it's about our feelings, but I was just like, what did I agree to? Now the worship team is getting songs for praise, and I'm just... I'm struggling, Lord. How do I get here? Now, I have to say that thank God for friends that are in a different headspace than you are at times because right away, um, it was not the Job scenario. <laughs> it wasn't forget that, move on to something else, curse God and die. They were present to me and gave me an alternative pretty quickly. And that the alternative is that oftentimes in those moments of not feeling it or perhaps even in times of lament or sadness or loss, we want to go somewhere else, but then others say, nope, it's time to lean into that. If the Lord put it on your heart, it's time to lean in. These weren't friends flippantly saying this. Around the table, each of them had experienced sadness, significant loss. We had a, a widow in our midst. Uh, dark seasons, uncertainty, and more. I felt like what they were holding out to me was what I read in Psalm 42 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, and here it is. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That These friends are like, okay, there's this reality, Tiana, over here. But then also, let your soul praise God. So as much as I could have preached on a third week of a psalm that's like a Psalm 13, you know, those little heavier ones, <laughs> I felt like when the word praise came along that that was not a mistake, that it is what God wanted me to hear, and perhaps today, what he wants you to hear as well. Undoubtedly today, what he, probably, what he wants you to hear today. So this, this does not mean you or I dismiss our laments, our heartache, our grief, our longing, our disappointment, or uncertainty, maybe many of us came into this space even in that space of, of heaviness, or where we read it in scripture that we dismiss it. No, we, we take the full, the full picture, the full verses that he's given us, and thank God that it isn't there, because praise is important, but also we hold that tension of sadness and loss and things that we just don't know what the, the rest of the story is going to look like. I think I've come to realize that those examples are very much a part of the story, the loss, the uncertainty, our lived experience. It's part of the story, but not the whole of the story, just part. So I can say for myself to talk or preach on lament or the issues we face day to day is fairly easy. As up as I am, I can also preach on these things that are a little bit heavier, and has at times has its place. Yet that stirring in my heart towards praise is again what I believe the Lord is saying I needed to enter into. But a reminder of something that is also equally important as believers is to be praising. And the beauty of Psalm 8 is that it contains not just praise, but wonder, as we sing about today. This psalm has a pattern we often see in the psalms, an initial call to praise, then expansion for the reasons for that praise, and then concluding with a further heightened call for more praise. So it's sort of sandwiches. You know, what's in, in the middle, the, the middle, concern. concern, praise starts, the concern, concern. praise ends, praise ends. To, our to our Lord. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David reminds us of how, how far-reaching his majestic name is. It is in all the earth. Majestic meaning royal, kingly, sovereign, marvelous, elevated, awe-inspiring, which is my favorite this definition, glorious having impressive beauty or dignity throughout the, throughout the earth. And that's just a few of the definitions that somebody very smart came up with. There are so many more and ones that even our mind cannot comprehend, right? Through the praise of children, infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And the messenger Peter, Peterson writes it like this. Nursing infants gurgle, choruses about you. I love that. Toddlers about the songs that drown out the enemy, talk and silence atheist babble. Peterson had a way with words. I love it. When writing this, I had to read this sentence in the the NIV several times. I know God is inclusive of all people. We see that in scripture. These verses just show such an emphasis of the importance of children being a part of this. How often, either now or if you were a parent in the past, was it quick to dismiss children, silence children, giving, give them something to distract them so they don't distract us from our distractions. I know I've done that as recent as, as this week. Yet from their praise, God establishes fortified places. He establishes strongholds. Like, how beautiful is that, that children play such a key role? Against his enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. How powerful is that? So let those babies speak up and speak out, because God is using them, and they have a place in the church and in, and in justice issues and in the streets and in these children. Let's let them cry out as well. God receives the praises of children and infants. He welcomes all, and he makes a way for each one of us, each one of them, in him, to be in fellowship with him, to defeat the enemy, and to be a part of furthering his kingdom even now. How wonderful is that? Where we limit and feel limited, his love invites us to more, invites children to more. I listened to Reverend Dr. Frank Thomas. I don't have any of you ever heard of him. He's amazing, brilliant guy. Preach on this chapter, Psalm 8, a sermon you all should definitely listen to because he just been preaching for years and just blew it out of the water. And he completely science geeked out on the next few verses. It was so good. Verse 3a, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. Dr. Thomas acknowledged that these verses tell us it's God's mere fingers that have fashioned the heavens, the moon and the stars. And we consider when we consider the enormity of that, because in this, in this verse, it says mere fingers, it is mind-boggling. Sometimes when I look at the sky, I am in awe of the colors. I don't know if you all have been looking just over this summer. The blues and the pinks have been amazing. And I live just up west on Lawrence. And a couple evenings ago, the sky must have been amazing. I was heading over here to uptown, so I couldn't see it, because obviously my back was towards it as I was driving. With all the construction that's going on, which has been a pain, (laughs) the street was blocked off, and an artist had set up So here's the street flowing, right? we are trying to make two lanes out of one. And here's this artist, there's a barricade, and he had set up his easel. And all I caught was that, because again, I was driving the other way, he had set up his easel and his paints. And I thought, wow, in this moment, you were trying to capture on paper, good luck, (laughs) what's going on out here. It was amazing. And then there's the moon and the stars and the galaxies beyond. And this is when Dr. Thomas really went for it. And again, I will, I will try to get that link to you all. And it's easy to do. The small amount of time I spent on looking up information on stars excited me, <laughs> overwhelmed me, almost gave me a headache, but ultimately let me stay in a state of awe. So I'll briefly share a few facts. One estimate of the amount of galaxies is between 100 and 200 billion in the observable universe so that's just the galaxies other astronomers have tried to estimate the number of missed galaxies in previous studies and came up with a number of two trillion galaxies in the universe okay so this is this is this is beyond us right and so now we also consider the stars within that 200 billion trillion stars (laughs) and again what do we really know there's probably more than that Or put another way, 200 sextillion stars. The work of his fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. God's amazing, guys. He's very, very creative. And the verses that follow are about as mind-blowing as that. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. So we go from this to this. Something so big, but then there's us. That's amazing. So if you ever feel unworthy, he went from this to this. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. And I did have a moment of going, does that mean mermaids? Because I'm just that person. (laughs) It's an all that swims, so you know, we never know. The same God who has placed the planets where they are and with his fingers has put stars in the sky. We just cannot fathom. This is the same God that loves us. This God is in fact mindful of us and cares for us and loves us. And those verses I just read tell us he has entrusted so much to us. We're a little lower than angels, and crowned with glory and honor. So we're giving him honor, but he also crowns us with glory and honor. In these verses, we are reminded of the Genesis account, the beginning, the creation, the putting of all things in their place, everything made right. The reality of the heavens, and our being introduced in this text soon after, should be an uh, and, and our being introduced in this text soon after, should be an indicator of a number of things. We are small in a sea of vastness, because we are, perhaps not as significant as we thought we are, yet this is not dehumanizing, or a lesting of us as people, or a you better know your place. No, because there are so many verses that speak to his love for us, the individual love, and as people, the collective love. Reading from Psalm 139, 13. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Think of those stars and then think of what goes on in the womb. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Again, the enormity of here, but also the body and science and just all that that individual love that knit us together. And then Psalm 316, (laughs) one that I've actually been coming back to a lot lately. I don't know why, it just has been on my heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He had one son, a love that sees you and I individually, his beloved, a love that sees all of us collectively, his beloved. This understanding of who we are as small yet important, even more so points to a majestic, awe-inspiring God that has made all this possible. Last night, as I read these verses, there's a stark reminder that he did not set one people group over the other. There's nothing in scripture that, in the end, makes it sound like God's like, I favor these people, and they're going to rule over everything, and they're going to take over. The language is mankind, human beings, in some versions, stewards, whoever believes. This is available to all of us to be a part of this. The governing of the earth is a gift to all, not just certain people, but to all. We're reading it right here in scripture. Whoever believes. Humankind, mankind. About a third of the psalm is about being rulers of the works of his hand, as well as everything under our feet. Again, he has entrusted this to all of us. Again, a love that tells us in the midst of the galaxies and stars and wildlife and sea life and the birds in the sky and the earth that we have a place, a glorious place, a place of honor, each one of us. God is constantly inviting us into what he's got going on, constantly. What he's created is a true relationship. Think of your other relationships. When folks invite you in, when folks say, hey, we're going to go see Barbie. You want to join? It's a gift for some of us. <laughs> but <that> incl- <laughs> It's a good movie, y'all. But We won't go there. <laughs> but that inclusive piece, that involved piece, that relational piece. And how do you feel when somebody includes you? You feel the love. I mean, how can you not when someone says, I want you to, to join me in this? Or, hey, you've been on my heart. This is all a part of that relational piece that we have with each other or can have with each other that God of the universe has with us be in relationship with me he is constantly saying that constantly I love it a true relationship and then this psalm ends as it begins we like the children and the infants join in praise and who wouldn't want to Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth Praise Him for His glory because He is worthy of our praise. Praise Him because we know that He is God who knows us and still loves us, knows all our foibles, knows all our sin, and still loves us. Praise because His only Son loved us and gave His life for us that we may know eternal life. Praise because we have not only seen but experienced the mighty work of His hands. Praise because He is Jehovah, Praise because he is the bread of life. Praise because he is the light of the world. Praise because he is the door. Praise because he is the good shepherd. Praise because he is the way. Praise because he is the vine. Praise, wonder, invitation, praise. I want to read in closing uh, from a book I read from last time I preached. and it's not Psalm 108 or Psalm 8 that she references as another Psalm of Praise, and it just was so good, you know, like when you're doing last-minute tweaks on your sermon, and it's like, oh, that's so good at eleven at night. So, this is from a book called *The Words of Her Mouth: Psalms for the Struggle*, and it's women pastors, women authors, or both who um, just reflect on either a whole psalm or verses. And this is called from Psalm 148:5. Uh, Let them praise the Lord. The name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created and this poem is called get excited let's get excited about God you jaguars and grizzly bears roar to the one who made and keeps you let's dance with divine inspiration you dolphins and frogs leap with joy toward the highest heaven let's sing together a song of salvation you wolves and red-tailed hawks exult in your freedom and belovedness Let's worship the spirit who brings order out of chaos. You sea otters and kangaroos, give thanks with your whole being. Let's listen to the love that is a source of all healing. You pronghorns and pandas, rest in the everlasting arms of provision. Let's celebrate grace, unearned concession, freely and generously given. You snails and blue whales, embrace your vocations. Let's praise God as united creation. You siblings and friends, you neighbors and strangers, you aesthetics and revelers. Let us praise the Lord eternal love poured out in, among, and for us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.